Star Wars session. Extra, extra, extra. Greetings, exalted ones, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions Extra. And tonight, I'm going to be giving a review of Mike Chen's Brotherhood. I have it in my hands here. This beastly little morsel of a canon novel. It's a new canon novel, like I said, from Mike Chen. It is also a New York Times best-selling novel from Mike Chen. What? Yes, Darth, you heard me. Congratulations, Mike Chen. New York Times bestseller, Brotherhood. Uh, I'm going to give a review of it tonight. Um, spoiler, there's going to be spoilers in it. The book's been out for a week or so now, and it, I, I, I've done non-spoiler reviews before, and I kind of find that, yeah, there, you know, you can kind of give an opinion, but you can't really dive into anything or at least be too specific. So as a warning, if you haven't read Brotherhood, this review is going to touch upon certain things that happen or people who might show up. Uh, So bear that in mind before going ahead. If you haven't read it, go pick it up. It's a beautiful hardcover. Uh, A first, to be honest, with the actual uh, cover art, the first time I saw it, I thought, hmm, not entirely sure I like that. I don't know, there's something about it. It looked a bit, I don't know, it looked a bit cheesy. It looked like the worst of the uh, EU slash legends. But now I have it in my hands. Uh, it looks a lot better in reality. The the colour grading is different to how it was when it was presented in its original form in the image I saw online. The blue of those lightsabers is filthy. And the lads, Annie and Obi, look very, very handsome. Looking pretty, pretty uh, fly in their drip right there. But yeah, check it out or go and listen to it on Audible. I have read the book. I've listened to it as well on Audible. Jonathan Davis uh, is in charge of taking us through that one. And, you know, if you've listened to a Star Wars audio book, you know what you're going to get. Uh, a very well narrated book with some fabulous um, Foley work and fabulous sound design in the background. So check it out. I always like to read them, the book, to kind of absorb it as quickly as possible and then go back and listen to the audio book, knowing what's coming and being able to uh, understand or better comprehend it. So um don't always have the time, but this time I did now brotherhood it is the uh, the synopsis within the book reads obi-wan kenobi and anakin skywalker must stem the tide of the raging clone wars and forge a new bond as jedi knights after an explosion devastates kato namoidia the jewel of the trade federation the republic is blamed and the fragile neutrality of the planet is threatened The Jedi dispatch Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the Order's most gifted diplomatic minds, to investigate the crime and maintain the balance that has begun to dangerously shift. Now, uh, so they said Obi-Wan because Ketone Moidia has been attacked. That uh, business on Ketone Moidia is coming to fore now. So it's set in the early days of the Clone Wars. The events of Attack of the Clones aren't too far back in the rearview mirror. Um, the Jedi are now transitioning from, you know, the order, the order that we're seeing in the High Republic to the military force, to soldiers that we see them become in the prequel trilogy when they arguably lose their way completely and fall into Palpatine, unknowingly fall into Palpatine's plans. So uh, Brotherhood up top, uh, I really like this book. I think it's very, very good. I think Mike Chen's writing style was great 
for all of the characters. For now, I'll mention Obi-Wan and Anakin. I think they're written really well. I could hear them, the voices of Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen saying these lines and it didn't feel out of place and nothing felt unnatural. So, um, I think he, the characters were written well. The events, you know, the events were, um, for the most part, written very well as well. Like the action scenes, I could, I could kind of picture in my head what was happening. The locations were well described on Kato Nomoidia, which of course have been shown in other mediums, like the bridge cities of Kato Nomoidia, the big, um, hulking mountains behind them. Having that visual in your head will help. If you don't remember Kato Nomoidia, quick Google search and, kind of picture what it all looks like from there so uh, i think yeah i think mike chen's writing style was very good i really like the time period this is set in though just after the clone wars has uh started and there's a lot of times in this book as well to queen's hope which is set in and around the same time the ek johnson book and i do believe the two um traded notes and worked together to a to an extent in order to make sure that there was a synergy between what they were writing, they weren't stepping on toes, and there's some really cool connections between those two books. But um, I, I really like this book. The, the chapters are each subtitled with a character who then becomes the focus of that chapter, whether it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, whether it's Anakin Skywalker, or some of the new characters introduced, such as Rug Quanum who is a Namoidian guard, formerly Special Ops, which just sounds cool, like Star Wars Special Ops. Um, she is kind of, she challenges Obi-Wan throughout. He's, his job is basically to find out what happened on Kato Namoidia, who bombed the city, which caused one of the bridges to collapse and kill a lot of people. Count Dooku wants Palpatine to, you know, show his hand diplomatically. He wants the, the Chancellor to go to Kato Nomoidia personally to oversee this. But the Jedi Order, especially Obi-Wan, believe this to be a trap. So he comes up with a plan to basically stop Palpatine going and sends himself as an as a, uh, emissary under the provision that he goes by himself. He goes in a ship with no armament uh, and he doesn't have any contact with the Jedi's uh, temple, sorry, Jedi temple or Coruscant at all. So he has to devise a plan, and Anakin comes up with this pretty cool uh, comlink, which he's um, which he's tooled up. He's souped up to be able to get past any security and allow Obi Wan to talk to him. Because Anakin in this is he's trail oh boy, he's training younglings. Oh man, he's training, he's babysitting, he's in charge of the younglings. Uh, as he's now been, uh, he's now a Jedi Knight, all Padawans for the most part have been fast-tracked into becoming Jedi Knights so they can become generals on the front line. This is how the Jedi are now working. The Padawans who may not be ready are pushed through to Jedi Knights. Therefore, Anakin and Obi-Wan are now equal. And whilst Obi-Wan is on this secret mission, or this, um, well, unsecret mission, but with a uh, secret behind it, Anakin is in charge of training the younglings, and there's some great scenes with him training the younglings, basically trying to keep order, keep control, and how he does it in, with lightsaber tricks and things like that in order to keep them happy. It does add some weight to the um, Revenge of the Sith scene, obviously. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Though That particular one, they're not, they're not mentioned. They'd be, I don't know if they'd even be born by the time this book is out. They might be. Uh, they'd be babies, though, so it's not them. But he trains younglings because he has to go on an aid mission with them. 
But I thought that was a pretty cool sort of nod. And this book does that really well. It it foreshadows what's to come. So, you know, they have Anakin training younglings and dealing with younglings. Uh, and uh, an Obi-Wan and his dealings and where he goes. But it doesn't ever feel like Mike Chen is like, smacking us around the face and saying, ah, look, remember in the Revenge of the Sith, Anakin kills these guys? Here he is partying with them. No, it feels natural. Everything in this book felt natural. And that's the one of the best compliments I can give to this. Nothing here felt, oh, here we go, or here's a way of um, crowbarring this person in, or let's just chuck this person in from Attack of the Clones because, well... Mike Chen likes him, whatever. It's clear Mike Chen is a massive fan of this era. And that comes through because it's very, the, the era, the political, um, machinations and the political landscape is written really, really, really well. Um, not just, um, Rug Quanum is mentioned. Mil Alibeth is what so gets her own chapters as well. She is a, a Zabrak Jedi initiative. Um, not quite a youngling, not quite a Padawan. And her arc through it, through the book is very cool. She's almost like a de facto Padawan for Anakin. He kind of takes her under his wing because uh, she's cutting herself off from the force in in the book. Because um, if she taps into her kinetic power too much, it can really damage her. And she's thinking about leaving the order. And of course, you know, Anakin's, he understands. So it's kind of like a... And Ahsoka before Ahsoka. Now, Ahsoka doesn't show up in this book, but it's not long after this book he will get uh, her, Anakin will get her as a Padawan because he keeps saying, he keeps saying during it, no, I, me, get a Padawan? No, I won't ever have a Padawan. Uh, no way am I taking on a Padawan, Anakin says during this. So, you know, fun. That, that That's kind of like the most on the nose we get, Anakin saying a few times, nope, I no why I'm having one of those uh, under me, which of course he... He, he does, but uh, Padme is a fairly big part of this book as as well. She has there's a great scene or sequence, a few chapters in this book, where her and Anakin are on a date, basically, in Coruscant, and they're having to, you know, blend in and trying not to talk about the Cato Nemoidia incident or politics or the war or Jedi business, you know, going back to their drinks. They're, they're basically just two young people trying to have a date or having a date being normal in an unnormal time and it's very very fun to read uh anakin go takes her t- to a speeder racetrack on coruscant and un- uh, in this un- unused part of the uh, underworld they have this uh they have ice cream together and they have a nice uh, meal kind of like street food type meal but it was just nice to hear sort of see their dialogue of them talking mentioning and anakin's kind of at one point like oh damn i i was a bit cringy a couple of weeks ago and i was talking about sand and other stuff but that was really nice to see that. It's really well written as well. It doesn't feel uh, overly schmaltzy either. And at one point, Anakin gives her his Padawan braid. He has it in carbonite and he gives it to her. And he, whenever Padme is mentioned, he literally mentioned or near, Anakin has this surge in the force, which Obi-Wan can feel. He can't quite put his finger in at 100%, but every time Padme is, is mentioned or near... You know, the, the force surges around Anakin, which I find very, very cool, especially when we saw in the Clone Wars Season 7, uh, when Obi-Wan, he, he knows, he gets it. Um, Obi-Wan himself, we find that he loves a bit of black calf and cake. He loves um, he loves the 6-6 six, six layer cake from a certain diner in the Cocoa District in Coruscant. Our boy Dexter Jester makes a return. 
He hasn't really been featured at all in canon since Attack of the Clones. I think he was mentioned in the Afterlife books, as was the Diner, but this is his first kind of prominent um, role in any Star Wars story since 2002. And again, it feels right. Dex, he helps Kenobi with the political negotiation. He he says he's one of the he was one of the best and biggest info brokers in the core worlds. Uh, so he knows how to he knows how to break information down. He knows to, how to unravel the context and where to go from this. Uh, and I really liked their chat. It felt like two mates having a chat. Dex mentions Satine as well. So we get a few mentions of Satine Crease, which is great. And it, it does feel like that. It feels like two buddies having a chat. Uh, I think we're going to find out how they met in the upcoming Padawan novel as well, which is going to be fun. But uh, yeah, we, we, we see Dex or hear Dex at least a few times during the book, but it feels natural. You know, there's clearly a bond there. Obi-Wan likes going there for food because he doesn't like the Jedi temple food, which he says, you know, don't, don't tell Yoda about this, but there's some, there's some fun moments with, with those two. And it's also in these moments that we find out that Satine nicknamed Obi-Wan Ben. She used to call him Ben. Don't know why, but back when they were courting, she'd call him Ben. Ben Obi, I don't know. But of course that obviously takes on extra uh, impetus because Ben Kenobi, so that's why he calls himself Ben going forward. So that's a nice little moment there, uh, which which Mike Chen has brought to the table. Uh, there's there's loads of cool moments though in this book. There's so many. It's not just the small moments, but the the big moments in themselves. Like the, the business on Kato No Moidia itself was 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 the bombing. Dooku blames it on the Republic. Kenobi goes to unravel it. He's uh, later arrested on the claim that he's withholding evidence because. Asad Ventress also goes along as Dooku's emissary to make sure that Kenobi is being fair and honest. And of course, we know with hindsight, we know what Ventress is all about. She basically frames him. The Obi-Wan is arrested because of this. And Anakin saves Obi-Wan from the trial. Obi-Wan seems to think he had it in hand. He seemed, he's like, no, I had a plan to escape. But Anakin's like, no, no, I saved you on that. So uh, that, uh, that, that business on Kato no Moidia. It, it it does count. It certainly does count. But um, through there, we also see that Kenobi, uh, he can see that the Kato no Moide bombing, it might come uncover some inconvenient truths because there's evidence of both Republic and Separatist involvement. Um, we also find that he doesn't fully know about what happened on Tetuine with Anakin and the Tusken Raiders. He has suspicions about Anakin and Padme and all of this is really well um, dove into in the book Anakin encounters sand during it he goes in his mechanical arm and there's a lot of focus on Anakin adjusting to his mechanical arm the one that Dooku locked off there's many moments of him trying to get the reaction of from his mind into his arm quick enough he's you know it's always a second or millisecond behind and it's how he's how he adjusts to that so that gets an awful lot of focus uh, and at one point uh, padme realize realizes why anakin hates sand as well after spending a few days on tatooine and we also get uh, some pretty cool development on mace windu's constant and growing dislike of anakin he clearly doesn't like him there every time Anakin is mentioned around Mace. You can hear, you can kind of see him tightening him up. And there's a fun scene when Anakin is 
delivering this training to the younglings and he kind of looks over to his left and he sees Mace basically sneering at him through the window before he walks off. It's just got this image of Sam Jackson just sneering, staring straight through him and walking off and Annie's just being like, what did I do? Um, but yeah, we, we, we find out more about that. Obviously, episode three comes into uh, the forefront of your mind when you think that if what you told me is true, you would have gained my trust and uh, and then obviously lopping off his hand. There's a great conversation in this book with Palpatine, Senator Palpatine. It's a fantastic conversation with Anakin about Shmi Skywalker. Palps kind of sits, he has, uh, he takes, Palps is having a session with all of the newly appointed Jedi Knights and he's kind of, you know, extolling upon them his wisdom and how uh, necessary they're going to be in the in the war. But he takes Anakin aside afterwards and he can tell something's wrong. And Anakin basically tells him about what happened to uh, his mother and what he did to the Tuscans. And of course, Palps is, you know, he's manipulative and seductive as ever, whilst always coming across as that very nice father figure. But there's a great conversation about Shmi. Shmi gets um, so a lot of mentions in this. And that's what I love about these books is characters like Padme, characters like Shmi, uh, and to a lesser extent, our boy Dexter. They're not forgotten about. They're getting more and more development. It seems that for the longest time, Shmi Skywalker was an afterthought, despite being the, the matriarch of the entire Skywalker bloodline. Um, same as Padme. You know, she's had Obviously, Padme's had the... Uh, Queen's trilogy from E.K. Johnson, but that aside, it's kind of mentioned here, mentioned there. Luke Skywalker does, clearly doesn't care about his mother enough to, you know, ask or find more information out about her. So it's nice to finally get more uh, story regarding them in the time period, certainly in Padme's time. Uh, okay, sorry, where they'd be most um, active. Um, and Asar Adventures too. Asar Adventures has done very well in the Clone Wars to be extremely developed. The Dark Disciple novel gives us her ending. But here we kind of, this is where she meets Obi-Wan and becomes more of a focus for him and the Jedi at large. There's a great scene of her and Anakin fighting uh, pretty much over Mil Alibeth. Uh, they're fighting in this cave and across Enkato no Moidia at the end really well done and it came at a time when when the book kind of needed something to happen because i for the my like i said for the most part of this book i really enjoyed it but there are times when it does certainly in the second third of the book second act it it starts to slow down a little bit uh, and it needed some action to punctuate and get the pulse moving again and the asajj uh ventures versus anakin skywalker fight certainly helps to push things along now but in and around that there's plenty of other cool things we find that obi-wan uh, his seat on the Jedi Council is kind of like a revolving seat after Coleman Trebor's death in Attack of the Clones. It's, you know, it's not necessarily a permanent seat. Obi-Wan would like it to be, but he's kind of almost in a temporary position there. Uh, Anakin is caught watching pod racing. He's watching the pirate streams of pod racing and Obi-Wan finds him. Obi-Wan is, he's kind of humoured by Anakin during this. Like when he, he captures him watching pod racing and Annie's, kind of fumbling to try and make up excuses. And in, you know, in the inner monologue of Kenobi is almost like, this is, oh, bless him, you know, I don't mind really. He's just a, he's just a kid trying to have fun. I wish, why, why doesn't he just uh, go and go somewhere else and watch it properly? But um, we get uh, a name drop as well. But Jar Jar Binks, Senator Binks gets a name drop by Anakin to the younglings. Jaro Tapal and Cal Kestis are in this book as well. Only in a sentence, Anakin goes to talk with, 
Gyro to Pole and his red-haired Padawan, which is, of course, Cal Kestis. But again, it's great to know that these characters who were around at the time were in and amongst the action and aren't just relegated or resigned to appearing in a video game, and that's it. When I saw those two names or those two um, descriptions, I was like, yes, this is where, this is where the fun begins. Not just that, another fabulous name drop, Kitster. Kitster gets a name drop in this, which was beautifully done as well. It's Anakin when he's talking to the younglings. He's kind of reminiscing and talking about important people in his life. And Kitster was one of them. He said Kitster kind of taught him about bravery and hope. And Anakin was, you know, he's kind of hoping that his old friend managed to get off Tatooine and, you know, make a life for himself. So that was cool that even, you know, decades or so later, Anakin still remembers and still thinks of Kitster as his friend and hopes the best, wants the best for him. So that was a lot of, that was very cool to read. Again, a, a character that could easily be forgotten about in canon. Just a, you know, one of Anakin's childhood friends in one film. But that, that was a nice scene. Obi-Wan meets Cody at the end of the book as well. Commander Cody um, and Obi-Wan have their first meeting just after Obi-Wan and Anakin, they get their Clone Wars armor, which they both say is a bit restrictive. They're not sure they can get used to it, but they'll, they'll try to. They'll try to if they have to. Um, Anakin and Padme mock <laughs> Obi-Wan's mullet in private, which I thought was just brilliant. When he's not around and they're in her quarters, they just laugh at his, at his hair jokingly of course but anakin also says to obi-wan at the beginning you know if we're going to be on the hollow neck quite a lot now you probably should get your hair cut and kenobi's like what what what, what do you mean and then he kind of realizes yeah i probably should get this collar curtain trimmed a little bit but um there's so many cool things in this and they mention the nest of gundarks the sun dragon myth of tatooine from the revenge of the sith novel by oh the name has gone from my head Oh, Matthew Stover by Matthew Stover that uh, Sun Dragon myth of Tatooine that gets brought back into canon which is the stories that Shmi would tell Anakin when he was a boy when she tuck him into bed again fun great little connective moments to further develop young Anakin his relationship to his mother and just give Shmi some more time in the sun or to in, in the twin suns which is, is never going to be a bad thing but uh, so basically, so what are we learning? What does the book give us? The book shows us that since becoming a Jedi Knight, Anakin, his maturity has grown tenfold and Kenobi notices this and even Padme does as well. Obi-Wan accepts Anakin as an equal. Uh, at the beginning, he kind of struggles to not call him Padawan and he has to kind of reconcile that they're now equals. But by the end, with Anakin's maturity, with his decision-making et al, he realises that, yeah, this guy's my equal. He's we've gone from master and apprentice to brothers, which is pretty much what he says during the book. And, and it's also about acceptance as well. You know, Obi-Wan accepting Anakin as an equal and, you know, Anakin accepting the Nomoidians, for example, his only dealings with the Nomoidians have been when they've been trying to kill him or kill his wife. So he's having to accept that, you know, not everybody, not every species can be, should be tarred just because of the actions of a few and he begins to trust and accept the Namoidians for more than just, you know, the new gun rays of the world. A new gun ray has a presence in this book as well. But what Brotherhood really is to me, the feeling I get is that this is the beauty of the Star Wars novels. This is what the novels do best in this book right here. They are the seasoning. They're the filling. 
you know, the cherry on top of the icing, on top of that delicious Star Wars cake. You know, the, you know, the, the business on Kato Nomoidia, you know, the one that doesn't, doesn't count. It's a, it's a fun line from Revenge of the Sith that fans have clung to since 2005. You know, I don't know how many people have been clamouring for the backstory, but it didn't need a movie about it. We don't need a streaming series about that business on Kato Nomoidia. No, instead, the novel. It, it, this is where the novels step in. If you want to know more about that business, you can read this book. If you don't, then it just remains a fun line between friends in a very, very good film. And that's what the novels do well. You know, they develop the, the characters in that time period. It lets others come in and shine like Padme, like Dex, like Rude, like Mill, Asad, uh, Dooku gets, gets time as well. Gives them more to do as well without without kind of impeding on that main storyline instead it is it's massage in it and you know that's what the books do best and i think that's really what they should be for i don't know about shadow of the sith how huge that's going to be i know there's already been a few big moments in that book for canon you know the race parents have been named as of this recording uh anakin and luke's first or a meeting between anakin and luke is, is in that book but you know for the most part the novel's always going to be the sandwich filling in between the live action movies and the streaming series. And I'm all for that. I'm all for that. As long as I don't keep retconning them, I'm all for that. But Brotherhood is a very good example of what the novels can do and what they really should be. And I think this is a very good book. I think Mike Chen has delivered a superb story, well-written. He's captured the era wonderfully. And he's fleshed it out excellently for me. Now that line, that business on Kato Neimoidia, now I will think of, this investigation by Obi-Wan and the uh, betrayal, as you can call it, in the book by Asajj Ventress and her cronies to Anakin, Obi-Wan, because whilst he's suspicious of her during it, you know, he's willing to get along with her until he realises that, no, he's being played here. And Anakin swooping in to save the day uh, during Kenobi's trial. And of course it doesn't, doesn't count because Obi-Wan thinks he had it covered he, he he had a plan to escape but he couldn't enact it because anakin got in there first so that, now when i hear that line i'll think back to this book and the other moments in it like the date on coruscant obi-wan having a literally having a good old laugh with dex in the diner and palpatine and anakin talking about shmi there's so many cool moments which i will now uh, return to which only make those moments in clones and sith and go and the clone wars even stronger and that's what a good star wars canon novel does and that's what brotherhood does where does where does it sit in the pantheon of canon novels for me i don't know it's um no it's far rather high up i don't know where it'd go i one day i'll do a kind of like unofficial ever changing rankings of the books but it's fairly high up i think it's well written i love the era the characters are well defined the the moments in it which the big moments in it are well yeah here we go executed we're not missing out on that and and overall it's a good read it, I, I managed to blast through it quick enough a few lulls here and there but you know it, i didn't find myself bored during it and i know when i'm excited about a book because when i have to put it down to you know work or sleep i think uh, it becomes actually more of a pain i'm like no i want to know what happens next i just want i just want to finish this book so i can find out what happens and i got uh, quite a few of those moments with brotherhood so if you can check it out do so pick it up delray uh, the ones who publish this, it's on Audible. We're not sponsored by Audible or Delray, but uh, go check it out from there. And I'd love to know what you thought about 
Brotherhood, if you've read it, did it scratch that itch for the prequel era content? Did it make you more excited for the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series? There's not really too many potential tie-ins in this book to that series other than strengthening the bond of Anakin and Obi-Wan and you know, obviously Padme and just that era. But I, I don't believe I read anything in this that I thought, ooh, that's going to pay off in Obi-Wan Kenobi. This book's more of a lovely setup. But let me know what you thought of the book. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you dislike it? If you're not going to read it, thanks for sticking by and listening to a spoiler review of it. But there's a lot of moments in this book where it made me smile, made me laugh and have me on the, the edge of my seat or bed, wherever I was uh, indulging in this book. So yeah, go check it out. I'd like to know what you thought about it. Thank you everyone for listening to this Star Wars Sessions Extra book review. I do enjoy doing these. I love a book, me. I can't wait to do one for Shadow of the Sith, for Padawan and all the other filthy books coming out, the High Republic at the end of the year as well. So thanks everyone for sticking by with me. Let me know your thoughts across all the social media to search for Star Wars Sessions and you'll find us there. But until next time from me, see ya.